Leo, aside from talking to wrestling media, is it a good day for you so far? It's a great day. It's a it's a it's a great day, actually. <laughs> so I appreciate day. it. Hopefully, it's a good day for you. I see you holding the belt. Uh, how around how many pounds does that belt weigh? Is it easy to carry? I mean, it's a part of me now. It feels like it's a part of me. So it's uh it's not it's not hard to carry at all. Nice. Well, it's been great to see you in Impact. You're. Uh, can you take compliments? Or are you done with compliments for the day? Oh, we can do some more compliments. Okay. Some more compliments. One of the few guys whose matches are exciting and amazing on the mic and makes his own music. I mean, multi-talented gentleman right there. So are you a wrestler that wants to be a musician or a musician that wants to be a wrestler? How did those two first cross paths? Uh, I think, I think neither. I think I'm just, I think I'm just me. Uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a musician wanting to be a wrestler or a wrestler wanting to be a musician. I'm just me. This is just who I am. This is just what my life is and what it's been since I've been little. Uh, you know, I grew up with a music family. I grew up with athletes. Um, so this is all I know. This is all I, this is, this is nature. This is the back of my hand. And I know it with my eyes closed and I could fall asleep for millions of years and wake back up and still know it. So, um, hmm. uh, Before I ask yeah. you about all the impact stuff, I hear there's a new single from you. Is that true? This is true. I just released a new single called They Love Me um, that's released on the 10th. Uh, one of uh, three releases that I've had so far this year but definitely one of my favorites and we're going strong. And that's going to be playing you out at future impact shows. In other words, you come out to the ring to that song. I actually come out to the ring to another song of mine called I'll be me that I haven't, uh, I didn't release um, not that long ago. I didn't release not that long ago, actually. Um, so yeah, I come out to I'll be me, which is, which is a really dope track, which is so different than, than, than they love me. So. Cool. Well, congratulations in advance on the new single. And Impact has been really busy in recent months. There's the Australia tour, the UK tour. It's making its return to New York in the coming months. What's coming up for you scheduling-wise? Are you on all the upcoming shows? As of right now, uh, that's that's what it looks like. That's, that's, that's what it looks like. Um, New York is coming up. We've got Toronto coming up. We've got Philly coming up. Uh, you know, I would imagine if I'm a champion, I will be there. And I would imagine I will be a champion. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Some champions take a different approach where they go, I want to wrestle as little as possible. No one is allowed to get championship opportunities. But it sounds like you're more of a fighting champion. Yeah, I mean, I can wrestle uh, every every every. every you know, every often, I don't have to wrestle every, every week, uh, as the champ, but, um, you know, I'm not scared. I'm, I'm not scared at all. I've never been scared. So if anybody wants to challenge me for this title, I'm more than willing to, uh, to, to, to hop out of my bed, hop out of my car, wherever I am, uh, to, to defend this title. Um, so yeah, or hop on a plane because let's face it, the Japan related responsibilities as well. This is very true. <laughs> this is very true. 
uh, so you never know where I, where I'll be coming from, but uh, uh, I, I'll be I'll be there for sure. Do I have it correct that the Philly show has some of your friends from Japan on it? Oh man, don't remind me. Don't remind me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there there will be a few there. Um, one in particular that I uh, that I'm gonna have to face 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 to face. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready. Uh, like I said on Twitter, if you haven't seen, <laughs> but I said this is a different time. Uh, last time, you know, I wasn't the exhibition champion, but this time I am. So I'm coming in with a whole nother attitude, whole new demeanor, um, healthier, stronger than ever before, more determined, more focused than ever before. So uh, all of my friends from Japan better um, better be prepared. Well, you just mentioned injuries. Few people come back from the injuries that you've suffered. Most people, the first injury would have taken them out forever. In your case, you keep coming back. What sort of physical therapy or training do you do that you're able to stay in great shape and heal yourself and still be able to do such acrobatic moves? Slow and steady wins the race, but I've never stopped moving. Never stopped moving. Yeah, I, uh, it's a lot of a lot of care uh, goes into taking care of my body. Um, now it does. Um, yeah, a lot of rehab, a lot of a lot of therapy, a lot of cryotherapy. I'm actually gonna train in this ring and then go ahead on the cryotherapy right after this. So um, I got to keep up with uh, with my body. I keep up with my nutrition. Um, I'm very particular and. Um, and uh strict about what i put in my body so uh yeah those two play a huge part in me being able to do what i what i do today so it sounds like the ring is one of the easier parts for you given how much preparation that you have to do to stay healthy long term between the diet the exercise and the rehab for sure for sure the ring is the easy part <laughs> the ring is the easy part. <laughs> well, when in that, when in your career did that happen? Because I'm sure if we were talking to 18 year old Leo Rush, I'm sure the match, putting together the match or preparing for the match was the hard part of the day. Now it sounds like as a grizzled old vet, you know, you were the the youngest old man in wrestling. I would say uh, it sounds like the match <laughs> is the easy part now because of your experience and your prep. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, you know, I, I came into wrestling, um, professional. I came into professional wrestling with a torn labrum from amateur wrestling, from being an All American in high school and yep. wrestling year after year nonstop with that. So um, physically, you know, I feel great. I feel good, but physically, I have taken, I have uh, taken quite the beating. Um, as a as a high leveled athlete, my my entire life, but um, you know that comes that comes with it, uh, and it's not even me being an athlete. Like I said before, this is just who I am. You know, you can put the word athlete on it uh, if you want, but this is just all I. You know, this is this is nothing. This is like waking up and brushing my teeth in the morning. This is uh, wow. That's easy for you, impossible for me. But three quick questions, and then I'll let you go. And the first question is, you're a musician. You come from a family of musicians. But when you're training, 
does the music that you have on in the background actually matter? It does. I listen to the tempo. It depends on depends on how, how I feel. If I want to feel a little manic in the gym, I'll cut on some screamo. <laughs> screamo? Really? Some, some screamo. Some uh, some hard rock, some metal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh. But if I if I if I'm gonna uh, if I wanna like take my time and and uh you know really you know max out on reps and uh put some heavier weight on maybe i'll throw on some some uh a mix of some hip-hop uh with some trap with some little bit of pop just to just to get the heart rate going but mm -hmm. um yeah that uh I, I listen to a lot of different things when I'm working Apparently. out. Apparently. Yeah. Screamo and tracks. <laughs> You're pretty unique. Uh, qu question, yeah. question two. Um, besides watching you on Impacts just about every Thursday, what's a TV recommendation? Do you have a show right now that we should be watching, the wife and I, that go, hey, Leo Rush thinks this is great, so we should too? Watch Dave. Oh, yeah. Haven't. Yeah, watch Dave, season three on Hulu. Now, is Dave a great rapper, or is the joke that he's not a great rapper but thinks he's a great rapper? What do you think? No, I think he's great. I think he's great. I think he's uh, incredibly creative. Definitely creative. So I think he's great. Yeah. Okay. Last so question before great. I let you go is – You've held championship gold in multiple companies. You've been all around the world. But I get the vibe that this is only a small percentage of what you're trying to accomplish. Am I right about that? Or do you have an exit strategy for wrestling in place? No, yeah, no, I, you're definitely right. I mean, it's I mean, it's and it's bigger than wrestling. It's bigger than wrestling. Um, I love wrestling, but it's bigger than wrestling. Um, it's bigger than me. Um, so, you know, this is a, uh, not even a small step, but a very important piece of the puzzle, um, for me, uh, and a very important piece of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but this isn't all what I love. I love so many other things. I love cooking. I love, I love making music. I love dogs. I love, uh, your family. You know, I love my family. I love fashion. <laughs> Um, so many things. So it's like I said, it's bigger than wrestling. Leo Rush is 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 what the brand is, not Leo Rush the wrestler. Well, Leo Rush, thank you for your time. Looking forward to everything that's to come. And I guess the answer is keep checking Instagram, and that's when you know when there's a fourth single, what's <laughs> coming up outside of wrestling. But in the meantime, looking forward to your long reign as X Division champ. Yes, sir. No, I appreciate that, and you will see a long reign as X Division champ. Alan, aside from speaking with me today, good day for you so far? Uh, pretty good, yeah, yeah. Walked the dog, went for a 5K run, that sort of thing. Wow, I, that's right. You're six or so hours ahead of us here in New York. So you've had a full day, whereas I'm still kind of starting a day. Have you always been a morning person, or did you learn after years of touring to become more of a morning person? Um, yeah, I guess I've, I, I like mornings. Um, I've gone through the, uh, the, the, the night person, you know, in my younger days, but, um, I prefer mornings. Yeah. Well, in terms of the touring lifestyle, 
you're one of those people has so much going on that it's tough to know where to start. But Dire Straits Legacy is how we were connected, DSL for sure. Uh, how much rehearsal is needed for you, considering that these are songs that you played for a lot of years, but it's new virtuoso musicians that had to learn it? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, all the rehearsals are for them, really, rather than for me. Although if we dig out a, a new tune that we haven't played for a long time and we're talking, you know, 30 years, then, um, yeah, I might have to um, might have to review it. I mean, Right Across the River was, is, is a tune we've started doing. Um, and I haven't played that since um, 1992, maybe, or even before. I can't remember now. But, yeah, so we, we started doing that a few months ago. And um, that's in the set now. And that, that's a tricky thing to play. But it's kind of like a muscle memory, really. I, I mean, as soon as yeah. I started, as soon as I played it twice, I kind of knew it immediately. I, I was right back to playing it the way I used to. Now, Dire Straits is one of those bands that means different things in different countries. So, for example, us here in the States, Brother in Arms is, you know, arguably the peak because of Money for Nothing and the MTV thing. And then you go to other countries and you realize Dire Straits is a top five all-time band still. You know, it, it, there were dozens of hits. So is the set list different from country to country when DSL is performing? Um, not particularly, no, because we we do. I mean, there is there there are about ten songs that have to be played, yeah. <laughs> and then and then the rest of them, you know, then there's four or five we can kind of um, throw in or or leave out, and um, th and that's what we do. But yeah, most of the time, the the set remains pretty much the same. Got it. So it's amazing to me with your career, and I don't use the word amazing a lot. You know, a lot of people are rock and roll Hall of Famers. Yes, a lot of people are in a big band, et cetera. But that while Dire Straits was going on or going on break, the other jobs and sessions you had going on at the same time, you're one of those people that doesn't seem like they slept a lot in the 80s. Well, I did, actually, and I windsurfed quite a lot, actually. I spent a lot of time windsurfing. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I managed to... Um, get a lot of uh, lot of stuff down which looks good on my CV, let's say that. Yeah, so while Dire Straits was still at its peak in terms of productivity, the Tina Turner gig, the Sessions gigs, was that out of the idea of, hey, I like to work, I like to keep busy, or is it a, hey, I got to make as much money as possible while I can? Where does the mindset go to go, I'm going to take on all these gigs? Because your average musician goes, I'm off, well, then I'm off. Yeah, but when Eric Clapton asks you to join his band, you don't say no. It took me about four seconds to say yes. I must admit, I did, during those four seconds, I did think, yeah. maybe after this, you know. But uh, yeah, but it was four seconds. And of course, it, uh, I mean, Eric, playing with Eric was a joy, an absolute joy. And T oh, Tina too, uh, Tina asked me that I couldn't say no. You know, so so I, I joined Tina for a, little, a short while and then she made me her musical director. And that was and I said, well, I can't tour with you, but I can help you. Um, I mean, I did tour with her and then she asked me to MD. So um, I said, well, I'll do that, but I'll do it on a consultancy basis. Help you get the band together, which is what I did. I'd fly across to L.A., spend three weeks there rehearsing with the band and say goodbye and then. Then occasionally I might have to go out on the road to um, fill in for a keyboard player or whatever. That happened about twice, I think. But yeah, so, you know, there are some things you, you can't say no to, really. No, 
just huge artists like that, like Eric Clapton, Tina Turner, while still in dire straits. I don't think that the average person makes all that connection to realize that you have all those credits outside of there. Is that something that you ever think about? Because my impression of Alan Clark has always been that you were intentionally low key. Yeah, I am intentionally low key. Um, the only time I ever think about it is when people like you remind me. <laughs> well, yeah, whenever anyone describes you, they go Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Alan Clark. Did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction change your life in any way besides that becoming the first sentence, part of the first sentence, rather? It's not, it's not part of my first sentence, that's for sure. Um, it's, it sits on my mantelpiece and I look at it occasionally and, and um, think that's nice. But um, <laughs> other than that, I don't, uh, I don't really think about it, you know. I mean, it's, it's a great honour, I guess, and um, it's kind of like being given some sort of medal for, 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 for uh, campaign achievements or whatever. But um, yeah, it's, I, I, don't, uh, I don't give it, um, you know, I don't, I don't wake up thinking, yeah, I'm a member of the Hall of Fame by any nope. stretch. Some people do. Some people will regularly have that elevator pitch ready where they want to tell you everything that they've done so they get treated a little differently. Again, not Alan Clark here. And those credits also include Seal and Rod Stewart. You know, it's just this great who's who of rock. How much of that happened via management or people pitching you versus just being at the pub or being friends with the people and them going, hey, are you around in a couple of hours? Well, those two artists ha happened because of my friend Trevor Horn, the, the ah. producer. So that's how I became involved with them. Got it. So sometimes it's the producer going, hey, this guy's good. Sometimes it's at management or did management not rope you into a lot of things like other artists would have? Um, yeah, management have now and again. Um, I did audition for, uh, go along to an audition for Mick Jagger one time and it just... It just didn't, I just didn't feel comfortable. So that wasn't, that wasn't one I, I've got down on my CV. I don't think so. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, um, management. Yeah, I mean, producers, producers definitely give me a shout and recommend me or whatever, so. Got it. So how much do you play music when you're not on the road? Um, I try to do at least a couple of hours every day on the piano oh. to, to try and keep, just, just, just to keep my chops together because the older I get, the less easy, the harder it is to, to, to be able to play what I used to play back in, you know, 40 years ago or whatever. But um, I'm still succeeding, so that's good. I see the soundproofing behind you on the wall. I see that foam right there. So yeah. you have a good home setup for your playing? I've got a small, I've got a small studio, which I'm in now with Pro Tools and, um, and uh, yeah, I can make a good noise in here. <laughs> when did you start to embrace Pro Tools? Was it a tough onboarding for you? It was a reluctant start, but um, I, I got invited um, in the early 90s. I, I was invited to do um, some BBC um, TV uh, shows, like um, series, the music mm -hmm. for, like there'd be eight episodes and I have to do the music for that and at the time I was less inclined to tour because I had uh, two young children twins who were at, who in the early 90s would have been three four years old so I was spending time with them 
because I'd missed the first year of their lives by being out on the road with Dire Straits. Right. In fact, the first, the, really the first three years of their lives. So, um, so uh, yeah, I started doing TV work and um, to do it properly, I needed, I needed Pro Tools. So I started working with Guy Fletcher, who, who is the other keyboard player in Dire Straits, and he had Pro Tools. So I would, I would, um, I think I was, I can't remember what system I was using, but I would record the ideas down onto my system, take them to Guy's studio. He would load them up into Pro Tools and I would lie on the floor and just tell him what to do and, um, and watch, watch how he worked Pro Tools. And um, so that's how I learned how to do Pro Tools. I learned how to, what Pro Tools would do. What I didn't know was there were the instructions you put inside of it. And so for the next few weeks, I'd be on the phone to Guy 10 times a day asking, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I have to say, Guy was incredibly receptive and, and um, uh, big thanks to Guy for, um, I mean, that was like 20 odd years ago. Now I'm pretty damn good on it. Once you became well-versed with Pro Tools, were you able to get rid of most of your gear going, hey, we got the plugins that sound exactly like this, or you're more the authentic person that still has all the Moogs? Well, I appreciate the, the, the original stuff and I've got some bits and bobs. I've got a, um, I've got a profit line around profit five from, from back in the day. And um, I've got a, a rack mounted mini Moog um, over there. Um, I've got loads of stuff, but yeah, I tend to tend to use plugins because the plugins are so great these days. Less to carry amongst uh, other things. Always sounds perfect. You don't have to repair the, the old keyboard. Well, the big thing is, the big <laughs> thing is you can go back to a previous mix and instantly go back to it. Yes. You couldn't do that before with, with analog. I mean, it was such a pain. But, I mean, the, there are obvious advantages to analog, you know. But, I mean, for instance, my friend Trevor Horn, he uses plugins all the time for that reason, because he, he just keeps revisiting mixes until he, and he plays around with them all the time until, it, until he's happy with it. Well, I've been doing why. a project with him for the past um, three years, which is coming to fruition at the oh. end of this year sometime. What exactly and, uh, is that project? Because Trevor, like yourself, I if, if you said, hey, Alan Clark's got a thing, I couldn't tell you what genre it was going to be, what tempo it's going to be. It's not like the Ramones here where you go, Alan Clark, yeah, he could do classical, he could do jazz, he could do blues. I don't know what it is. So what is it that you and Trevor would be working on? Uh, it's a, it's, I can't say too much because it's, um, it's a, it's a, you know, it'll, it'll spoil the release, but, um, right. it's, um, it's, it's original tunes, tunes that have been hits in the past, maybe, or, oh. or well known, well known tunes done in a completely different way, sung by somebody else. That's probably the best way of putting it. Fantastic. So, yeah. so DSL's happening, this Trevor thing. You're not one of those people that has to work, but you choose to work. Now, you mentioned playing still for hours a day. Do you take lessons or is it just jamming yourself by alone in the studio? I haven't taken lessons since I was, um, well, really nine years old, but I, I guess I did, I did a couple of years of piano lessons when I was at college. So yeah, but I'm completely self-taught really. Hmm. I think everything that I know, I think is self-taught. I'm aware of a lot of virtuoso musicians who are self-taught who at a certain age go, ah, I got to learn the real way here. And they take lessons, but it's super under the radar or they go to Juilliard under the radar, that kind of thing. So you still didn't go back to lessons like that. No, because I guess I learned 
back then everything yeah. I need to know. I mean, I can read music. I mean, I, and I spent years playing in clubs and nightclubs where sight reading was 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 uh, was important because an artist would turn up and say, "Right, there you go. Here's here's yeah, my here's set. The chart. Yeah, here's the charts. <laughs> Let's go." So um, yeah, I mean, I was never really great at it, but um, you know, I got pretty good, and it's been a a real advantage because most musicians in rock rock don't have that that ability to write music so i can write i can arrange and you know all sorts of things i rarely do it because i can do it all in pro tools now and, and make a big orchestral noise on that you know but um yeah occasionally occasionally i'll, I'll get to um what i've been doing recently with working with trevor is is i'll do the strings and then they and then Julian, uh, this uh, this guy who who's, uh, um, works with orchestras, he takes my ideas and turns them into or, or for the orchestra. So um, yeah, which is which is perfect. Really, I just sit back and let him get on with it. Wow. Well, three non-musical uh, career non-DSL questions for you, and then I'll let you go because these are things that I'm very curious about with people at your high level and I'm the one who said that you're at the high level not yourself because you're a modest <laughs> dude but uh, the first one is I find that musicians either have music playing 24 7 in their households or never and they want the silence because they've listened to too much music which one are you I'm the latter because um I have I just have music in my head all the time I'll, I'll go to bed with a tune in my head and I'll wake up in the morning and it's still there or I'll, I'll, I'll write a tune during the night. I'll wake up and get a, a musical idea and, and so on. So, yeah, I, I'm the latter. I, I, I rarely play music and I, I chastise myself for this because when I do, I really love hearing what everybody else is doing, what other people are doing. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I am the latter. In the car, I have Radio 4 on, with BBC Radio 4, which is, which is only talking. There's no music. Hmm. And do you also have tinnitus as well, where you hear the high pitches accidentally? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but um, yeah, but it doesn't bother me musically. Oh, okay, that's good to hear. Um, mm. next next question: What's the last concert that you went to for fun? You know, not that you were music directing, not that hey, Alan might come up on stage. What's the last thing that you went to for actual enjoyment? The nineteen seventy five. So you've never been a concert person for fun. I didn't like the idea of going through the doors into the audience that that way into it into, into a concert. No, I didn't like that because it's so wow. unusual for me. Uh, yeah, then, the 1975. I, I was I, I was at Matty Matty Healy, the the singer in the 1975. I was at his his um, his christening when when he was. So I I know his parents. I grew up. He grew up in in a village that I lived in Northumberland, and um, and I and so I know his parents very well. And um, and I keep in touch with Matty, yeah, so. Wow. Well, the last thing I want to know here is obviously you're a family guy, but what's, aside from family, what's the number two for you besides music? The more musicians I speak with, the more I find out that it's golf or fishing is what they do when they're not working and doing the music stuff. Never been into either of those things. I've always avoided, I've always said, if anybody ever sees me playing golf, shoot me through the head, please. Um, I did get big into windsurfing, and before that, I was big into scuba diving. This is way back, you know. But um, I'm 71, so 
both things are oh, certainly windsurfing is um, kind of out of the question now. And, oh, you know, um, what am I into? Well, I go, I go to the gym and I swim. I, I keep myself fit. I guess that's that's what my focus is outside of music, really. Well, when you look at the tour routing of Alice Cooper, you realize that there is a golf course within X number <laughs> of miles of every tour stop. So it yeah. sounds like there has to be an ocean or a pool within a certain number of miles for you to play there. That really helps. Yeah, there's always a pool in, in a hotel, usually, you know, um, but and, and the sea, if the, if the sea is, is visible, I'll go there. Outro.